0: This is the Negro League podcast with Preach Jacobs. That's what it
1: is. That's what it is. That's what it is. That's what it is. It's really what it is. <laughs> yeah. New Nipsey Hustle. Check me out. You in trouble? Check me out. Pay us now. Check me out. Okay pay me double. Check me out. New Nipsey Hustle. Check me out. New Nipsey Hustle. Check me out. New Nipsey Hustle. Check me out. Nigga, fuck it, check me out Nigga, fuck it. I came from nothing out some
0: public Ride buses yeah, Ladies and gentlemen, this is um, the Negro League Podcast I go by the name of Preach Jacobs um, Man, it's been a lot going on And I purposely took uh, a, a week off um, This episode, we have a tall black guy uh, doing the talk back and put this in perspective, this was done on Saturday of March the 30th. We had a show out here that went very well. And then the very next day is when Nipsey Hussle got murdered. And I just didn't have the energy to try to put a podcast together or, or wanted to do anything. Like, I was just really, um, really hurt by all of it. You know what I mean? Like. You get hurt because you see yourself in 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 someone like Nipsey. You know, Nipsey is like the best of, of what we want. You know, somebody that wants to stay home. You know, had the ability to go buy a house anywhere he wanted to go, but he wanted to focus on the community that he was from. And uplift his people and everything he talked about was, was black ownership and opening a STEM research center in his neighborhood in Compton. And it's like, what do you do? What do you do when someone that's doing that much good gets taken away? And I went through a lot of shit. Um, I was really, really, really hurt, and I'm still really, really fucked up over it. And, you know, the first thing that happens is that our people do stupid fucking uh, conspiracy theories, right? It's like, oh, he was working on this Dr. Sebi documentary. This is why, you know? And, look, as a black man in America, The concept of the idea of conspiracy theories is is not something that is lost on me, right? Like, there's a book called Eyes to My Soul by Tyrone Powers, and the book is basically about the first black FBI agent, and he'll talk about these things that the government do. Like, for an example, you know, one of the things that the FBI did to infiltrate the Black Panthers is that. Something that is federal is the mailing system. So if you have the West Coast chapter of the Panthers with Huey P. Newton, and you got the East Coast chapter with Eldridge Cleaver, you got, you got people writing letters to each other. So the FBI would intercept these letters, and they would get handwriting experts to look at how Huey writes. I'm like, oh, he writes P's like this, or he does his numbers like this, his signatures like this. And they would get these handwriting experts to rewrite letters with the tendencies of Huey or Eldridge And write fake shit in the letters So if Eldridge gets a letter from quote-unquote Huey And it's saying some mean shit Eldridge's like, yo, this has to be his handwriting look at, look at it, this is how he writes That's not a conspiracy theory That's something that's been proven That's something that's like, you know The FBI paperwork on the Panthers This shit is public record now you know, after the disruption in the Panther Party, Elders, not just Cleaver, but um, J. Edgar Hoover is like, oh, we can take our energy off because they don't trust each other within anymore, so job is done. Black guy in America, I understand government involvement with stuff, right? But that wasn't what happened in Nipsey. And I got angry, right, because I got angry for a few other reasons because I felt like... We try to adopt this whole idea of, of a conspiracy theory because it lets us off the hook. It lets black people off the hook. It lets hip-hop off the hook. You know what I'm saying? It's like, regardless of what we say about the assassinations of Martin and Malcolm, even though it was black hands that killed Malcolm, we still feel like, oh, there was an invisible white hand, a government hand behind it, you know, Fred Hampton... Mega Evers, there's always a solace in being able to say, yo, it was white people that did that shit. It was the government that did that shit. And that lets us off the hook. If we think it was some kind of government conspiracy that killed Nipsey, we don't have to ask internal questions in our community of what the fuck is going on with us. We can just say that it was the government, it was the man, and we're the man. And and as many times as I back Kaepernick and love what he was doing, how many times you hear motherfuckers on Fox News be on some shit like, well, what about Chicago? What about black people killing each other in Chicago? Right? And I feel like they're going to do that with Nipsey. When we talk about racism and discrimination against black people and people of color in America, white people are going to go to that. What about Nipsey? Somebody that looked just like him, murdered him, and they're right to ask that question. Because I ain't got no answers. So, um, all this is in perspective because the the talk that I had with tall black guy, my homeboy Juan, um, was before the Nipsey murder. So I just kind of want to give you guys that perspective and and give the passing of Nipsey the time needed. You know what I mean? Like, I ain't feel like putting a podcast out after that shit. Cause I usually put these things out on a Monday. Man, heartbroken. Heartbroken. Still heartbroken. I don't I don't I don't know what to say about any of it. Um I don't have anything fancy to say, man. I don't have any any words of wisdom. Um I do say fuck that black. And I don't even wanna Extend that conversation, but fuck that guy. And long live Nip. Coming up is my talk with Tall Black Guy and Juan. I hope you enjoy it. Peace. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Negro League Podcast. I go by the name of Preach Jacobs. Thank you guys for listening. We are sponsored by Mo Better Soul Clothing. Go to mobettersoul.bigcartel.com. Enter the code NEGRO to save 10% on your next motherfucking order, motherfucker. I'm excited! I got somebody in this motherfucker that I've worked with, but probably only met once. Um, Amazing, amazing producer. Got him here in Columbia, South Carolina for one of the Mo Better Soul loft sessions. For the people that are not in Columbia... Fret not. We're gonna have some video footage of all that shit, ladies and gentlemen. We have tall black guy in the building. Brother, preach. What's good, my man? What's going on, man? Nothing much, brother. Man, I'm excited that you're finally here. We went through a bunch of shit. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was a very emotional time. Very emotional time. <laughs> but yep. we got. But we got
0: here though. Oh my gosh, it was funny because it's like I was at work. And you was hitting me up, and I was like, well, I can't answer the phone. I'm at work. When I text you, I was like, everything good? And, I, and you was just like, yeah, I'm trying to get to the um to the, to the train station. And I was like, trying? I think the train's supposed to leave in a minute. And I, and I was like, oh, fuck. So, like, for the people that don't know, Columbia is a small-ass place. So, like, from D.C. to Columbia, there's, like, literally one train. Every day is just one train. Mm-hmm. So, if mm-hmm. you miss that shit, you ain't coming to the, to the next day. Yeah. yeah. And it,
1: we would... We had to figure it out but we got here though man that's all
0: that matter bro. Man I'm excited man. So yeah. um so this is pre uh lost session show. Um you got everything squared away? You got all your your music uh, shit ready?
1: Yeah, yeah I got a, got a, got a few little things, you know. I just I, I just want to make it sexy though. I, I, you know. Word. Don't, no no sausages fest.
0: No sausages. No. Ladies going to leave uh, pregnant yeah, after they yeah, leave the show. I <laughs>
1: just want to play a few little joints, you know. I Got some a few little things that I done made for it so
0: it's cool. Word up man. So yeah. um so all right Random question, I guess it's not random, like, what made you decide to call yourself tall black guy? I mean, I know stating the obvious, but like, what's the origin of the fucking name?
1: Man, what's crazy about it, man, like, I was in graphic design school, Mm -hmm. and we had to make up a company, a marketing company, Mm -hmm. you know, basically of whatever your choice was, so at the time, like, I was, like, probably one of the few black students in in college, Mm -hmm. and so I took the pro-black approach, (laughs) and was like, okay... I'm gonna go right on production. I ended up drawing this little dude with afro mm-hmm. in the power fist. Yeah, And it was called right on productions, and then from that, I think I ended up coming with Tar Black Eye Productions. and it it just stuck. And then I just kept that name, but it was it was really just off of the fact of um, you know being one of the only black you know black students in the college, and you know trying to figure out a way to differentiate myself.
0: What, from what me. cities were same?
1: Uh, this is in uh well this is in Illinois so this is in Woodridge it's like mm. a suburb of of uh, West suburb of uh, Chicago or Illinois whatever
0: do you, it's one of those things like being a being an artist and like especially in like in Columbia I always I usually end up in situations where I'm like the only black guy that's in the room you know what I'm yeah. saying do you, do you tend to feel like you have to be like not necessarily more black but make sure that your blackness ain't compromised the more times you're like the only Negro in the building? Um, I had that a little bit in England when I stayed out there. Mm. You know what I mean? It was it was
1: tough because you know, cats don't know when they record these songs, and when they start saying the N-word and how that stuff travels, yeah. And then you get in a situation where you're in a spot and they saying, nigga,
0: this, nigga, that. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And I'm the only black dude, and they not, you know, (laughs) cats ain't really conscious of that when they record. It'd be
0: like white Brits saying that shit. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. so so, like they just didn't know no better or they just didn't think they were they didn't
1: I mean, they followed the song, bro. they followed <laughs> the song, man. so they only follow the suit was presented to them, and, you know, and cats don't really think about that when they record this stuff, wow, you know what I mean, and so it makes me feel like super awkward because yeah. like I'm, you know, I don't really say it around my, you know, unless it's my people, but mm-hmm. like you know, that's you know, you don't really do that,
0: so was that the conscious decision, you know, because the two records that we've done and and you know, hopefully we're gonna work on some more shit <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but but it's like, you know, um you were very very like you know uh direct about like you want to make sure that the records are clean and and i guess it's a it's a dope approach to that where it's just like you can get it picked up by a radio station you don't have to worry about doing like a radio ad that's app, my
1: that and that was my thing too like you know to to cut out all the extra work mm-hmm. you might have to think a little bit more yeah. and think about the word placement and stuff like that mm-hmm. but like yeah like anytime somebody want to pick up a song you know is that much easier for us to pitch it, as opposed to like you saying, "fuck bitch, damn goddamn" and all that shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and trying to, and then you gotta do a clean version, like you just doing double work.
0: Yeah, man, it's funny, man, because it's like you know the hilarious thing is like like I, I work at a record store in, in town, and this guy was like going through the like the two dollar CD bin, mm-hmm. and he grabbed a uh, a copy of MC8's We Come Strapped. And mm-hmm. I, I used to love that shit. But the funny thing about it was, I remember when I got that tape, I was like 11 years old, mm-hmm. and it was the song "All for the Money," like which is one of my favorite records on that shit, right? Mm-hmm. And like the video the clean version, like I got it memorized and all that type of stuff. And when I got the tape, even at 11, it felt really fucking dirty. Yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like a lot of those yeah, records yeah. didn't age very well. You know what I'm saying? And I'm a hip hop dude that grew yeah. up on it. Like a lot of them Snoop records, Stay it felt excessive.
1: Excessive, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like I was like, "Wow, okay." Yeah, yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like I don't. I don't know. I don't know what the what the reasoning is behind that, but you know.
1: I mean, Cass is only going to say you know what they what their vocabulary is at at the time when mm. they recorded this stuff. Now, obviously, over time, your vocabulary expands. It's so, <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, anyway. I would hope so, but yeah, man. Because, I mean, I was this big Snoop Snoop all yeah. day. All that West Coast stuff, dog, oh, I used yeah. to eat that stuff up, man. But again, like, as a kid, and now I'm a cat that actually makes stuff, I don't know what it was, man. Like, I had, like, an epiphany, man. Like, I didn't want somebody to be listening to my music, mm-hmm. and like, you know, I'm listening to this cat's music, and I want to do something bad to my... Like, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, that was kind of my thing, and then, so I just made this decision to, like, you know... uh. You know, just offer something different. Absolutely. You know, what I mean, it's still going to be funky and all that other stuff. But you know, that was kind of the reasoning behind it. Um, like now, like it's 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 still a thing. You know, where I you know I try not to 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 to, to you know cap somebody's
0: creativity. Yeah.
1: You know, what I mean, I kind of question. You know, why do you think you need to? Yeah, this
0: it could be a better way of doing. It it's yeah, it's yeah. a better way you can do it. You yeah. can
1: still get your same point across. You know, what I mean, you got to follow like Rock Kim. damn has never. And at least in my listening, he hasn't um, cussed right ever.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he so,
1: still drops knowledge.
0: Somebody, somebody arguing me about that. I said that I said that before, and somebody said, no. Nah. I'm like, I don't remember Rockem. But you know, it's one of them old niggas, so it's just like he probably know more than me. You know what I'm saying? As far as like right, that stuff right, from right. that time, but I don't right. ever remember Rockem cussing. You know the no. thing about Rockem too It's like there was something about Rakim when I was growing up that. It was very, 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 he was very serious. Yes,
1: yes. And I true. love
0: that about him, right? And I had this conversation with a friend of mine the other day. I was interested to see what you think about it. Like, we was having a, a Redman conversation. Mm. And, like, Redman is this amazing, amazing MC, He wraps his ass off. And my, my friend was like, I don't know why Redman's name doesn't get mentioned when they're talking about, like, greatest lyricists. And my theory was maybe because he had a sense of humor. Like, is it, it's like the idea of like Redman being a funny dude and like, you know, his skits, you know, he's into television and shit now and it makes sense. Like his skits were really funny. They were well written. Right, you know right, what I'm saying? Right, right. Like, like did, did hip hop not give him his props because it's in a, it's in a community where you can't have a sense of humor and be taken seriously? I,
1: sh- I don't know, man. I mean, shoot, they consider Eminem as a, as a, one of the greatest. Yeah, man. I mean, they kind of consider him, but like, you know, Redman. Dog, he's. It you know, was crazy. I was just watching this, this dude's drink champs the other day. I mean, he's, he's just, he's just hilarious. But again, he still drops knowledge on you too, though. Did he
0: say that he was uh, his mama caught him fucking uh 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 Faith Evans? Faith Evans, yeah. Wow, that's crazy, right? That's crazy. That is crazy. You ever hear? It? Did he talk about um? Because I didn't watch the drink champs episode. People were telling me about it. Like, did he talk about like Hammer trying to kill him or some shit like that? Or Hammer having beef with him?
1: No, that I think that was on Vlad TV. Okay. I seen that on Vlad TV. You ever,
0: did you see the uh the MC Search interview when he talked about Hammer tried to kill him? Uh uh-uh. uh. So apparently this is how Search tried to explain the story. He said that like he used to be like a really great pop and lock dancer and shit like that, and he heard about Hammer. And this is I guess this is before Hammer became big or something like that. Yeah. Where where Search sees him somewhere and it was kinda like one of those like, Hey yo, let's let's have a dance off, which sounds kinda corny. And like Hammer kinda looked at him and said, like, Man, fuck you, type of shit. And so ever since then, like third base, they were just really assholes towards towards Hammer, like making those disc records, or not even disc records, but just talking shit. And um like gas space or whatever. And and he said that Hammer ended up putting a fifty thousand dollar hit on him from when they came to California. Yeah. And said that like the person that saved them was Suge. Out of all people, out of all people. And here is what he said. Here is what he said: is that Hammer saw them in the studio with Sugar, something like that. And the words that ha- that came out of Hammer's mouth was, "Why are they still alive?" <laughs> hey, yep. they say that Hammer. They say that
1: Hammer don't play, man. Man,
0: look, you can't. You can't be a dude coming from like from like Oakland, Oakland. from that shit, West
1: no. Oakland or something.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I guess it's like the narrative for Hammer, just because he was his pop star. They really, really took it in like. And try to like change it to something it wasn't. It's like, it's like what happens with Martin Luther King to me, right? It's like even though people say, like, oh, nonviolence and this and this and that, there's always this this narrative that people be thinking that Martin is this punk. You know what I'm saying? Like Martin oh, was yeah. a black dude from Atlanta in yeah. the night born in the nineteen twenties. Yeah. He used to carry a pistol on him. Right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, like yeah. so all of a sudden, like history kind of wanna make it seem like Oh, he'll turn the other cheek. You could smack him, like man, hey, man, run nah. up on Martin,
1: right, <laughs> right, right, right. Run up on anybody. With with that being said, you know you can't as soon as somebody, you know, just because they're at this stature, that don't mean that they ain't lost they they their, their 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 hoodness. Absolutely. At all, you know.
0: As far as like music, you grew up on, like what were the producers that you really started fucking with? Producers. Mm. Um, I mean, I mean, Premier was like my
1: dude, man. Mm-hmm. He still is to this day, you know. The, you ever met him? I've met him once at at a Red Bull event when they were doing the Red Bull Big Tune battles. Mm-hmm. And he was one of the guest uh, artists, you know what I mean? Um, but it was a brief, it was a brief, brief meeting. Um, but yeah, Premier, uh, Pete Rock, you know. And then, you know, obviously later, like Neptunes and Timberland and then Mad kind of came in that mm-hmm. fold, you know. And um, I kind of really just took all those different, all those five, six, you mm-hmm. know, producers and kind of just forgot a way to make it work for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I'm saying? Like, probably, obviously, Timberland and Neptunes are probably the most creative. Yeah. When they think so left, far field, you know what I mean? As opposed to like Pete Rock and Mad, you know, Pete Rock and. DJ Premier, they're more straightforward boom bap hip hop stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And Madlib was kind of, he was just a, he was a, a, a crazy musician, or he at least taught himself how to be a musician. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he kind of did the hip hop thing, but then he would do this alter ego thing with the jazz stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? So just taking all five of those and then just kind of out a way to make
0: it work in my whole situation. Were you ever tempted to like start rapping over your shit?
1: I tried and I can't write. <laughs> I like, <laughs> truth, truth, truth be told. I try early on to try to write some stuff, and that's just not my gift, mm. man. You know, and I, I, mean, I got it. They go don't ra- stop a lot of niggas though. Like some
0: people, they nah, say fuck it.
1: Nah, nah. I mean, I got I got the rap voice. Mm. You know, what I mean, I know how to you know deliver it, but to actually say something. Nah, I'm good. I'm, I'm, let all the people that write do that, and I just uh go around and put the color around them. You
0: yeah. Know? First piece of equipment when you start when you made your first beat, what did you have?
1: Uh, I was using um, Sonic Frowny 2.0 mm. and a, 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 a old I think, Hubert Packard computer
0: <laughs> word yeah
1: that was what it was and then my dad and it blessed me with with all his record collection which is like okay yeah. so
0: that was gonna be the question that I had is, is like who's the person that had like the the musical ears and appreciated yeah, pops
1: pops was pops was the dude he he had a lot of jazz stuff some of them records man I mean I still can't find them, some of them. Um, if you try to go, you know, rebuy whatever, but yeah, he was real heavy into into jazz, and then it was crazy. My pops is only like nineteen years older than me, so like he grew up in the yeah. the golden era of hip hop. Yeah, you know what I mean. So <laughs> like, I'm a kid, and I'm listening to to De La... And tribe and stuff yeah. like that. And I have my and then my cousins are like ten years older than me, so like they, that was what they were listening to. So yeah. that was my influence. All of that
0: right there. It's sort of like uh the boys in the hood shit. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Trey and furious. Yeah. 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 So like so I guess that's kinda cool in a sense where it's just like, you know, you grow up with a father that kind of embraces hip hop where there's a connection that's there. It's kinda like, you know, when I was growing up, like my my, my pops. It was kind of funny because, like, my pops—I think he was trying to be really overprotective, like yeah. where the music had a lot of language in it and stuff like that. Yeah. But my dad was gangster, but he tried to hide his gangster. Like, my dad was like with the Nation of Islam and shit, and he mm. had like you know. But he, the before I was born, but you know, he had like an original copy of the Malcolm X autobiography. He had like these Elijah Muhammad books, and it's like I'd be wanting him to give me some game on it, but he tried to like act like, oh, you know, you know, do as I say not as I do. But it's like I can imagine if we would have found something to kind of bond on. Like music, I think it would have yeah. been a lot, a lot doper. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Was your Was your mom into music at all?
1: Yeah, she was the she was the Luther. That's all she listened ah, to. Man. Okay, the Luther Luther Van are like all the 1980s man. That's all she ever did.
0: Well, that makes sense now. Like I, I hear the balance, right?
1: Yeah, she she kind of had that, and then it was just this thing, man. Like I would, I had a cousin. She would beatbox, man. That was kind of my introduction to figuring out a way to make music without. Having an instrument, anything. So, like you know, coming up in the in the in the in the in eighties the, in and stuff, you learn how to beatbox. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Making sounds with your mouth and stuff. And then, yeah, man, it just was like like probably a little bit after high school. So I was probably what ninety nine two thousand.
0: What was your first placement? Like the first thing that somebody recorded, and he was like, "Okay, I think I can do this shit."
1: It wasn't even necessary the placement thing. It was me going to battle, folks. Mm. That was like. Cause I had, cause at that point I had never played my music to anybody, so probably around like let's say from 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 ninety nine two thousand to about oh seven, mm-hmm. I spent seven years in the crib, never played nothing for no. I mean, I would make stuff with my friends and stuff, but to actually test it in mm-hmm. a public forum, it took me seven years to do that. And when I was running them off like three four, three four in a row, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, you know, this, okay. this is uh, we we got something here. What's you know the,
0: what's the process? Like do you do you find a sample first? Do you do the drums first? Like what's what's the process to all this?
1: Uh I would say probably now it's just more or less I because I play I play piano now, so my approach is a lot different. But I'll just listen to a whole bunch of music, mm-hmm. you know, particularly jazz. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'll listen to that stuff. And then if I find something that I like, I'll usually just loop it and learn how to play the song.
0: So you play drums too? No, I don't
1: know. Because it's it's
0: crazy. Because like maybe it's just a Detroit thing where it's just like I would always hear your drum your your drum progressions, and I'm like, yo, this nigga plays drums. Like like it's 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 something about Detroit producers where they have like an understanding of drum programming. It's
1: rhythm. I mean, I think it's a it's a certain type of of rhythm. You Mm. kind of you kind of that in West Coast too as well. Detroit. Well, the more like the Midwest and Mm. Cali is kind of the same. Mm. You know what I mean? It's that it's the bounce. I don't know what the, the the bounce that comes out of that though, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like from and I've lived in both places. I lived in LA for a year and a half and obviously I'm from Detroit. So whatnot. But yeah, it's just the bounce though, you know. But yeah, I've never played drums.
0: So, so it's like from, from Detroit to, to Illinois, you know, what are the the big music stuff like like so if you like like DC you're in DC now like a go go is go like goes the shit. But right? that yeah. shit
1: is amazing to me. I'm I'm not from there and mm-hmm. I'm to me to see this especially around all these black beautiful black people. Yeah, yeah. you know like that is amazing to me. Yeah. You know what I mean like in 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 particularly Detroit, did you know Detroit had techno. Okay. You know, had oh, that's Motown. what
0: I was gonna ask. Okay. They had
1: Motown as well, obviously. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of show there. But then Chicago was different because it was a big house scene. Mm-hmm. All uh, the you know Chicago house music was out there, you know what I mean, so having both of those kind of influenced as far as not just being put into one box of what to make, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, so you'll hear me make some hip hop stuff, but then I go dip off into some house stuff, mm-hmm. then I go dip off into some 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 r and b stuff, you know what I mean so like it was it was I had a lot of different influences that, that allowed me to try to reach. And rather than just stay in the
0: box. All right, if we're talking about like a a, a bucket list artist to work with, that's not that's not, huh? Jill Scott. Okay, you 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 already.
1: (laughs) I'm gonna keep saying it. It might not ever happen, but I'm gonna keep saying it. Jill Scott. If I ever do a record, I will probably be done. Tell
0: Jeff, like shit.
1: He, I don't have anything to do with that situation. All I know is that. Okay, well, fair
0: enough, fair enough, fair enough. But um, all the Philly motherfuckers all know each other, man.
1: Dog. If I do a song with her, dog. I probably won't even have to do anything anymore. Man, look. (laughs) Just her voice alone, dude. Mm -hmm. It's just like, yo.
0: She just, when you just listen to her voice. It's like, it was something really funny where I think um, Quest talked about uh, when they originally did You Got Me and Jill was originally on there, that the labels were kind of like, uh we shouldn't have Jill's the face of this record. Nobody I know, it. I heard yeah, I know about that. You yeah. know, which is yeah. the craziest shit to me. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I mean, I love Erica, but like it was the craziest shit to me where it's like, even on the first Jill album, they were really like particular about we're not gonna show her face and and all this other shit. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. And it's just yeah. like, who who the fuck are these people? At record labels making yeah. these types of decisions. Like jill Scott's yeah. one of the most beautiful, most amazing singers, musicians, artists I've ever seen. And it's like somebody's like, let's hide that.
1: I'm pregnant. I'm <laughs> pregnant off of her voice. Dog. Absolutely. God
0: damn. <laughs> yo, niggas was <is> wilding out <laughs> because of that because of that video on a hey, concert. Hey, like, man. man. Come on. Hey. Come she, on. She
1: sang to me in the morning, bro. I'm done.
0: Man, look. I'm
1: fried chicken,
0: yo. <laughs> niggas said, fried chicken. I'm man. fried chicken, yo.
1: <laughs> Straight up. Yeah, man, but now nah, Jill, Jill, Jill is on the list for sure.
0: Um, what about knows? what about an out of the box left field person that people wouldn't expect you to say?
1: A out of the box left field, like person.
0: somebody you're a fan of that you're like, yo, I, I think I could probably fuck with them on something.
1: Uh, I never really thought about that.
0: Okay, because because right. I tell you something funny. It's like I um, I brought back Black Milk here for a show, and he was working pretty heavy with uh, Jack White. Oh, from England. Yeah. What's well, he from England? Is he from England? Well, with the white stripes. Like I, I thought. I don't know. He might be like a one of these country boys. Like he might be like Kentucky or Tennessee or some shit like that. Okay. Hold on a second, let me see. Let me see All where right. Jack White's from. But it was like, but it was like this very very weird thing that you wouldn't think would work. You know what I'm saying? And he's just like a big like hip hop fan. You know what I'm saying? And I thought that was really interesting. Oh nigga, he's from Detroit. <laughs> right. Okay.
1: I didn't. I didn't know. Yeah. Actually, I've never even actually sound. It, I might be talking about a different a different cat though. But, uh, oh man, I wouldn't mind. I mean, it's not really left field though. But like George Clinton, okay, that would be something crazy.
0: Yeah, George George has had a a a thing about coming to Columbia a lot. Like I have a George Clinton story. Uh, somewhere I have like a picture of him, me and him together, where um. I was playing this music festival, and I used to have like locks and all this type of shit. And <laughs> George, for, for the record, has cleaned his his act up to the point where I don't even recognize him. So the last time he came to Columbia a few years ago, he looked like somebody's uncle. He ain't got no colors in his hair anymore. I
1: mean, I mean, he grown now. Yeah, growner. I mean, yeah, than I'm about he to was say he's in his
0: seventies or whatever. But like, right. like um, my guy literally had a crack pipe on his ear, like you would have a pin when I met him uh, in two thousand and six.
1: Yeah, I say this again, please?
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, had a crack pipe on his ear. Yes. Let's take a break. All right, we're back in this motherfucker, motherfucker. He's stupid. I do this thing with a friend of mine where it's really silly, and somehow I think it's like some psychological shit where we just say a bunch of racist shit, to, to ourselves, like, we're, like, rednecks. Why? Because I, I think it's funny. Like, I think, somehow, I think it's progression in a way, where it's just, like, i give you an example, right? Like, I live in South fucking Carolina. Mm-hmm. And and literally the hotel that you're staying at, they used to, at, the state house on Main Street, there used to be a fucking Confederate flag there. And they just took it down, like, in 2015. And wow. so I live in a racist-ass place. <clears> and <throat> so I'll always tell myself, yo, man... What if I'm in a situation and some white guy say some racist shit to me? What am I gonna do? What are whatever, you gonna whatever. say? Yeah, like what am I gonna do? You know? So, so my fear came true and it happened to me. Like maybe about a year ago, I mean, like the I hopped it was in last night, it's like two in the morning. I'm with two homeboys of mine, two black guys, and some old white guy, I guess, was getting kicked out for something or whatever, and he's just like just like mumbling on his breath. And he walks past our table, and he was like, nigger, nigger, nigger. Was he crazy, though? I don't know if he was crazy or not. He must have been looking at three niggas that could have fucked him up. Right. But, but the thing about it was, it was like after it happened, he walked out. I was like, yo, did all white white guys call us niggas? And we was like, yeah. And we laughed it off hysterically. Yeah. I think that's progress. You know what I'm saying? Because I mean,
1: yeah, because I mean, on some real, like, if you had came into that situation...
0: Dogs. And not
1: had patience, Dog. And then you got, but you, but but understand it. You knowing the temperature, because I mean, this is you said this was what, what two, uh, three years ago.
0: This is this is last year. The oh, flag was year. taken. The flag was taken down in twenty fifteen.
1: Okay, well, so you got to understand what was going on. You the, know that the, that whole man. You you end up doing that and see what
0: happens. Yeah, the funny shit about it is, it's like, it's like, I think that. 19-year-old me, dreadlocks me, oh, dashi, yeah, me. All, all I ain't fucking no white girls. Yo. And then it turns to, I just won't take him to meet my mama. You know what, yeah. what, I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm it's not like, holding hands with you. Yeah, 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 we ain't in public. You ain't going to <laughs> no know. I mean, yeah. It's like, this to Rub your ass. Ballboy yeah. no. <laughs> like, used to say, used to say if he was going to take a white girl home, he'll take Charlize Theron home. Because Charlize Theron... She's, she's so, fine money right there. She's from South Africa. So... Yo uh, yeah, She got an sense. award From like Nelson Mandela So he's just like He's like What niggas Is gonna say shit to me He's talking about She's more African Than y'all niggas <laughs> True story Right True story he's like Technically she's an African American And she's not black yeah, yeah, yeah. She's She born in South Africa, became an American citizen. Wow, yeah, crazy, right?
1: Charlie Theron, yeah, she's she's smooth.
0: And for the record, you know the 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 Negro League podcast. Even over we're the Negro League, we're, we're celebrating blackness, but that doesn't mean we're insulting whiteness. So love who you want to love, just have fun. I don't give a shit. You know,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: my rule has always been: do what you want to do. Just don't just leave me alone. Like that's that's my creed. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it, it's yeah, yeah. like. I get mad like the the, the old hip-hop purist ass motherfuckers that's always shaking their fists to the younger generation. I'm like, man, anything to keep these niggas from breaking in my house and taking shit, man, go for it. <laughs> yeah. You
1: might not, we not, we might not understand it. But then too, it's a it's a thing of as you know as an artist yourself, I'm an artist, you know, mm.
2: it's
1: a young people's game. Absolutely. And so for you to it's not even about staying relevant. I mean, cause you can, you you still got to listen to what they're saying. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Cause they, this is now their time and our time is.
0: <laughs> we all washed.
1: It's <laughs> not even <laughs> old and washed. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I still feel like I'm kind of coming into a new area mm. of, of my creativity. I'm my, my, my efficiency is a lot better than it was before. Mm. You know what I mean? But still like, I have to listen to, you know, at least give it a chance to listen to it. Now I can turn it off when I don't like it, mm. You know what I mean, but just keeping your ear to the street, because some of these young folks actually is dope, and then some of it's just like they need some guidance.
0: What 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 young motherfuckers are you listening to right now that people will be like, oh wow,
1: young people, young people, like, uh, like, yeah, young shit, yeah, yeah. It ain't none of the little people. Okay, Whoever anybody with would, a little anything a name. with a little. The
0: little is in your name.
1: Little, no.
0: Maybe they can. Maybe they can get mad at you because they're like, "Oh, you don't want to listen to us because we got little in our name, but nigga, you got tall in your name." Right, <laughs>
1: right, right, right. Um, who is somebody young I listened to,
0: man? What's who's the guy from Chicago that was like Chief Keith? Was that the guy? Yeah, but he no, no,
1: no, he not muchy. Um, take a mirror. Which is Jeff's son.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's a young cat. Mm-hmm. Oh better yet, Dane Jordan. Who's that? Dane Jordan is one of the, he was one of Jeff's artists. But he's a younger cat. He's mm-hmm. only like what I think, I think Dane's maybe about 25, 26, mm-hmm. maybe 27. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But he's obviously gotten influence from the fact that he's from Philly. Yeah.
0: yeah. You know
1: what I mean? He's been around Jeff, you know, yeah. all that type of stuff. But yet he has this young crowd as well. The crowd that he's kind of in his age range. Mm. But the balance with him is is that he still drops gems, yeah, and I might not particularly agree with some of the music choices that he's you know kind of kind of cho- choosing or anybody like you know with the trap stuff anyway, I'm yeah. particularly talking about that, um but then the message though it you know the message is still still grounded, you yeah. know what I mean it's still it's like he's saying something, you know what I mean, and you can't really shun him for that, you know what I mean it's just like you gotta find a way. To kind of get into that pocket, yeah, you know with exactly. the, with the young folks, you know what I mean,
0: well, here's my question, right It's like we've we've dealt with the stuff as being an artist where you know. It gets frustrating a lot of times, you know. It it gets frustrating, but like, (laughs) but what the good shit? The good shit is good shit. You know what I'm saying? So it's like to have you here to come do the show. I know that's going to be kind of like a great highlight. But it's like the show is going to be a couple of hours, and the build up is like the stress is like days and days and days getting everything ready. Yeah. Why do you keep doing it,
1: (sighs) man? I asked this. I literally just asked myself this question, maybe about. Two weeks ago and then two weeks before that and two weeks before that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Danner probably for a long time, man, but it's just like, yo, I don't know anything else. Absolutely. I don't I, I I I I really thought about it, man. Like I spent unconscious amount of hours on this stuff, and I love it so much to the point I don't even know what I could even do and be good at. Mm. You know what I mean? Cause then now I gotta start this process over again. Yeah, you know what I mean to t- to learn something new, and which you should always want
0: to evolve. Yeah, the, t- but, the ten thousand hour theory. Yeah, like yeah.
1: man, I, I I killed that shoot <laughs> shit, probably early two thousands. You yeah. know what I mean? But just you know, I I I I I really find joy, man. Like you know, you you create this piece of art, and what keeps me going, man. Like say a cat hit you up. Like had this this, this cat from South Africa, man, young kid. Mm-hmm. It's like man. Your music got me through hearing gunshots in my neighborhood. Wow! I'm like, okay, right? Wow! I ain't really never experienced that myself like that. Yeah. But he was from Johannesburg, and that was going on. Yo. Wow. And I was like, okay, um, that kind of confirms, you know, or I have, you know, somebody hit me up like, man, you got me through this, my college stuff, or this bad relationship mm-hmm. or whatever. You know what I mean? And I don't really necessarily sit on the, you know, because obviously, you know, you do it for something. You want to have your big break where you're able to now take care of yourself yeah. fully. Yeah. And it's just a process that goes along with it. And sometimes a process, you still need to go through it. Nah. You know, to be grateful for, you know, because at the end of the day, people are really coming to see you sing and dance, more or less. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and perform and all that type of stuff, you know, and you get to play music in front of people. Like, not a lot of people can do that and get paid for it, too.
0: And that's the thing about it. It's like, I realize as an artist that, you know, everybody looks at things from a different perspective where it's just like, to go on stage for me, to perform, that's all natural to me. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Like, For an example, the number one fear in people, the number one fear... It's public speaking. Public speaking. Yeah. All day. Number yeah. two is death. Yeah. So the yeah. average person would rather be the person in the box than the one giving the eulogy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So being an artist to be able to go on stage, whether we're performing on you know, with the microphone or DJing or producing yeah. or something like that. Yeah. I don't it's so natural to me that I don't think about how much of a big deal it is for people. You know what I'm saying? And so like I would meet people with far more money than me, far more resources than yes. me. They look yeah. at me like, yo, nigga. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. you got it made. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, <laughs>
1: and, I don't, but and, okay. <laughs> but
0: but but I gotta, but I gotta realize, like, you know, there's something godly about that. You know what I mean? Like, like right. that's the that's the thing that has to keep me going. It's like um big Fela fan, and he was just like, musicianship is the profession of the gods. You know? Like that's what he's saying. Explain that it. explain that. He's like, he's like. The gods—that's their profession. That's their—that's their job. So yeah. mu- musicianship, like, like if if we're talking about Yoruba culture or African culture or the Griots, yeah, the people that that are the musicians or the communicators or the artists, yeah, they're the ones that's in charge of keeping your history intact. They're the right. ones that's in charge of right, like right, right. keeping the word about your family, your custom, and your culture. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like we're the culture's report card. So it's like right. so if society is getting mad about NWA talking about fuck the police or talking about stuff the stuff going on, don't get mad at the messenger. Get mad at the society. The society that you yeah, you know know they,
1: they got that shit presented in yeah. with them though. Yeah, know? it's
0: it's like it's like I'm I'm so interested in like looking at like black music from the perspective of like civil rights movement. Or like what's going on in Jim Crow South? You know, being from a southern person to you know what music came out of the Reagan era, you know what I'm saying? So like I'm interested right. now in like you know the Trump era. What kind of music is coming out of that type of stuff? And Do so, you
1: think it's kind of making a full circle back to to where cats really want to say something now?
0: I think I think it has to. I think I think we don't think about it until after the fact. I think I think when we look in hindsight, we'll see a lot of that. So it's sort of like. I tell you this: it's not necessarily a Trump album, but I think it's definitely an Obama album. If you look at "To Pimp a Butterfly" and the artwork of yeah. Kendrick on his all his people on the White House lawn, all these like black folks on the White House lawn, yeah. I think that society felt that way where they're like, "Oh shit, Obama's bringing all these niggas into the White House. Never again." <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think I think society right. has a way, or like a, especially American politics. The pendulum always shifts to the other side, like drastically. Like, there's no nuance in, in American politics. It's like, yeah. it's like, you, you know, it's funny now that Trump is so bad that like people look at like Bush, W. Bush, as if he's just like this sympathetic, sympathetic character. But this the nation really was frustrated with him to the point where the country was like, you know what? Bush did so much crazy shit. Maybe we'll get a black guy a chance. And so, like the nation, when, when after Obama, it was so much of like, oh my gosh, this is so much. We have to go to the entire opposite of what of this the, is
1: into the spectrum, yeah, yeah. And,
0: and, Which, which is hilarious to me because like we're really surprised about it, but a lot about it is like, uh, if, like if we're looking at like American politics that's on brand. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, when like, like that, it always extreme, goes, it right. always goes to the opposite side, and mm-hmm. it was no more of an opposite antithesis of Obama than, than somebody like Trump. And, yeah. I th- and I'm i interested in seeing the art that comes out of that, but I think that it's like we won't know until after the fact. You know what I'm saying? Do you think he's going to get elected in, a, in another year? I, I, another tell, you this, term? I tell you this, I think so. You and think so? I think so. I'm going to tell you why I think so. I feel like two things ended up happening. Um, I think number one, after the Mueller report and I say this: this is a mis, it's a mischaracteristic thing. But there was a the Attorney General. We get the Negro League. We're gonna get all all niggery on y'all with all these big <laughs> words. So hold up. But like when we're talking about the Attorney General, the Attorney General that that Trump installed,
1: mm-hmm.
0: when he looked at the Mueller report, which was the investigation to see if the Trump campaign or if Trump uh, um, infiltrated shit with with the Russians, we haven't seen the report. But we've seen the attorney general say, hey, Mueller says that Trump didn't do anything wrong, you know. And so when you see uh, uh, the attorney general analyzing the report as opposed to seeing the report, all the public sees is, hey, Trump didn't collude. And so what happens is there's a validation of Trump's base where he says no collusion, no collusion, yeah. where when you look at a report like that and somebody says, oh, well, Trump didn't do anything wrong, mm. then his base is going to be like, oh, wow. Well, he wasn't lying. We can support him. Yeah. The other end of the spectrum are people that might be on the fence that might say, when this stuff is normalized really a, a lot, they say, oh, you know what? Trump's not that bad. <laughs>
1: Trying to justify it.
0: Though. Well, uh, exactly. But the thing about the thing about it is, I think I think what's happened with with the other end of the spectrum. Here's the funny thing, and this is something that I wrote recently. South Carolina and specifically Columbia is going to be a battleground city for the Democrats for 2020. So they're all coming through here. Like Kamala Harris has been here three times. Cory Booker was just here the other day. Um, MLK Day. Bernie Sanders is here. They all have to come through here. Wow. And what's happening is this. And here's my here's my theory. I felt like what should have happened in hindsight if we're looking at Hillary and Bernie, if Hillary and Bernie collaborated and said, "Yo, let's put ourselves on the ticket." If Hillary was the was the was the president and Bernie was the VP, we would have won. Like they would have killed it. Like they would have smashed everything. Mm. But what ended up happening is that they divided the party. And so now what's happening with the Democrats is they're so and my issue with, with Hillary was this was that Hillary's approach was her telling the public when Trump will say some crazy shit, she'll tell the public, hey, I'm not this nigga. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. like that was that was her defense. It was like, oh, I'm not him. But in the midst yeah. of her saying that she wasn't Trump, she never said who she was. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that that's what the Democrats are dealing with now is that yeah. no one has come out as a clear leader. Right. Everybody is basically like, "Yo, Trump is so terrible, right? I'm better than this," but they don't say who they are, and I feel yeah. like I feel like the country, when we look at the rural south and how Trump galvanized a lot of those people, it I I have no faith that that somebody else is going to come out of here i think he's gonna get <laughs> he i think he's it. gonna get a second term do it
1: again. i wasn't even in i wasn't even in the united united states when he got elected man i was
0: in england do you remember that night like did, did they hit you oh uh, i mean because i mean at the you know
1: i would only know anything about anything tied to america it would be due because of the american airbase when i worked out there mm, and okay. so you know you Obviously, you get the 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 brunt of the stuff when you go to work and stuff like that, and people are talking about it. But I'm not a big politics person anyway, mm-hmm. so a lot of that stuff I really try to push to the side. Were you
0: in Illinois when um, Obama was like popping? Uh, I,
1: was had ju- I had I ju- had I had just left. It was in it was in OA, right? Yeah, yeah. So I might I might I might have had left like right right after that. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, you you know, it was it was some pandemonium stuff.
0: Man, my homeboy. Uh, when we was in DC, when I bumped into you, um, my homeboy that's out there, he works for the patent office. And and when I went to go see him, he has this picture of when he met Obama, and and like he gives me this whole story about how right, he met Obama or whatever. And Obama to Michelle, I was like, "What was your impression?" He was like, "Yo, man, they smelled so nice." And then the Roma was right. Yeah, he was like, both of them too, man. Huh?
2: It was like, it was like, their hands were so they
0: soft. soft. They smelled man. so that da- Yeah. Like, Dang. that's how you know, man. I want motherfuckers to say that shit about me when I'm not around. Like, like people say. Yeah. Branding is what people say when you're not in the room. Yeah. So that that's what your that's what your brand is like when yeah. you're not in the room. but motherfuckers be like, yo, man, you smell. Great. You smell
1: great, <laughs> and not even on no on no on no other stuff though. Yeah, you know what yeah mean, exactly. But, like just
0: <laughs> just 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 man, old, old school military a, right. dude. Yeah, he was like, they smelled so man, nice. That,
1: that, 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 man, what's that? Uh, what's that smell you got there, bro? Yo, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, sister, what you got on right
0: there? <laughs> Let
1: me get that real quick. <laughs> and straight up.
0: All right. So in your that you're willing to talk about, was there in, in ever any interactions with artists that like, you know, the the same, don't meet your heroes. Was there in, ever any artists that were like you met them and you was kinda disappointed? And was there someone that you met that was a celebrity that you was like, Well fuck, wow, they 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 they're a fan of my shit. I never had any
1: experiences, bad experiences with, you know, um artists or anything like that where they have I've built them up in this thing in my mind. Sorry. I built them up in this thing in my mind that they're they're this and then they they're something else. Mm -hmm. Now on the flip side, you know, especially with the jazz, you know, with the the Jazzy Jeff playlist stuff, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: at least it just initially just when he just reached out on some Twitter stuff, like, yo, Mm
0: -hmm. that's
1: your music, this joint is crazy. And then, you know, then to see. Now that's been five years ago, Mm -hmm. four or five years ago, you know, and and like I have a a relationship with, you know, DJ Judge Jeff, you know what I'm saying? That's crazy. And then and then and then too, you know, just going, going to the different sessions and stuff, and how I have grown as a as a as a producer and a musician, you know, because you can't not get better by being around some of the most elite people in this industry, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody has these own special talents and you can't do nothing but get better though. You know what I mean? So I have seen from when I first started going over to Jeff's until like now where I know how to navigate now, you know, and and a lot of it, a lot of it was like I wasn't doing anything. I was kinda in the background. I mean, I you know, throw ideas and stuff, but like to actually see a room full of cats, yeah, make a record. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't really understand, like really goes. All you get is the finished product. You just yeah. get two track, but yeah. when it really gets into it, though, like yo, it's a process that goes along with this stuff. You know what I mean? So you know, with with going back to the Jeff thing, like yeah, he he really surprised me because you know at the time when he reached out, like I'm just you know I'm still trying, I'm still working a regular job, yeah, still trying to figure it out. Been doing it for a while, you know. And then when that happened, you know, they definitely confidence wise, it changed my perspective. And you know, I'm still doing, I'm doing the right thing, you know.
0: And how, yeah, how how did that work? Like, is it is was it like you guys got like a you know a golden ticket from like Charlie Charlie Wonker, Willie Wonka? Yeah, in the he factory. was just like he
1: was like, yo, just you know, block off some time in this part of the year we'll get back to you.
0: So it was just like a retreat at his house where he's just basically yeah, like, yeah, yeah. y'all can stay in my place and
1: Yeah, I mean he got it all set up, you know, cuz you can't obviously we can't always I mean, you can't always stay in his crib, but so you'll have it set up where you got campers and stuff like that, but That's pretty fresh. But man. it but it is it was an experience, man, and then you you when the particularly with the first one when you started meeting folks it was like a, a sprinter come there or scratch wow. or a quest and stuff like that. Then now it's like, okay, this shit is, is real as day, wow you know what I mean, so you own some fanboy sh- well at least at least for me i I keep the fanboy <laughs> to a minimum, I'm not gonna be all up on you like, yo man, you're great mm. you know, I keep it get you get you with the with the head nod. So, Hey, I, I like your stuff man you got to get some dope joints let's keep it moving yeah you know what I mean, but yeah, man like that that whole experience. You know, with the with the Jeff thing, man. Like, definitely from the from the aspect, like I am doing something right. And then, to just being in the presence. And then, just you know, all of the older kids, because most of the head, most of the cast there, the OG cast, they're at least ten years older.
0: Mm, okay.
1: All of them, pretty much all, pretty most of them are all between anywhere from ten to fifteen years. So I'm like, that's like my cousins and them. You know, what I'm yeah. saying like we're you know. So now I'm looking at it as like some of the the folks that's. Underneath, like, we kind of the next folks to keep this thing to keep going.
0: That's fucking crazy, man. You know? So, what's your holy grail out of your production toolbox? Like, what's the record that you've made out of all the great records that you've done that you're like, yo, that's my favorite?
1: I just did it. I just did, you talking about just in general? Yeah, just in general. Yeah. Unreleased yeah. or released? Unreleased or released, yeah. I just did a remix, I Know You, I Live You, mm. for Shaka Khan. Okay. And I'm going to play it tonight.
0: You gonna play it tonight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. But like like on some real
1: like on some real stuff, like dog, that's a great, I mean, just the song itself yeah. is great. It's a great joint. It's a great party joint. I yeah. mean, the tension that it gets built, you know. And I spent an unconscious amount of hours on it to try to Well, how does it work? Did you get the stems for it? Like, how did yeah, you? Yeah, uh, I got them getting the the, 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 the good goods.
0: How? <laughs> Okay. Discreet answer right there. You want to say that? All right, well, then that's because, like, so because my thing is, like, uh, now I'm like, we need to get you some still some stems and some Jill records so you can do some remixes. Have you done I have, you, I Jill? have,
1: I, I got, I got, I, I do have a, uh, one of my one of my mans, he does have a, he had a 12 inch of a, uh, of a of a Jill record that, that I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a mess with. It was a joint he did with she did with uh, Most Def, with, uh Rain down on rain, me, love uh, rain,
0: love rain. Yeah, love rain. Rain. Yeah, 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 that's it. yeah.
1: He 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 loaded me with the with the um with the 12 inch. So I I got that. So I'm gonna mess with that at some
0: point. I mean, come on, man. Like like we gotta we gotta do this campaign to get this stuff to her. You know, I talked to her years and years ago when I was trying to bring her to Columbia, and she. I just, know that fee was crazy though, man. Well, here's the funny thing. It's like, look, man. <sighs> the amount of money that they gave me it wasn't a lot but it was a lot you know what I'm saying who's
1: they uh,
0: I had a I had city funding for this event so imagine me coming to someone to an artist with a ridiculous number and I'll tell you the number off 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 air and she's just like baby that's not enough you know how gangster that is
1: baby that's not enough that's not that's, enough that was her response yeah <laughs>
0: her. but she said it in a way that it was like it was oh, a, yes ma'am yeah. <laughs> I was like, mm, okay. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, like, like, like Jill, I, I, I love, I love Jill. And you know what I love about Jill? Like, I feel I feel like there's certain artists that are able to just be artists. Yeah. You know, like, I grew up as a huge Gordon Parks fan. He was like a photographer, a writer, right. a director, a composer. And it was just all casual. You know what I'm saying? He was great at all those things. Like, Jill's like, all right, I sing. And then she did like some TV show back in the day. I
1: remember. I remember. Yeah. The, I remember the show. Yeah. 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 It was
0: like, yeah. Just, she's a great actress. Yeah. You know what I mean? And 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 so like, I like the ability to be able to just be a fucking artist, like be a journalist, be a visual artist, be yeah. a performer, and just do whatever. Yeah. You feel like expressing yourself is the best thing to do. You know. See the
1: thing. The thing is, man. Like some people are blessed to be able to work on different things. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know particularly for me. My gifting is sound. Like, that's mm-hmm. that is my bread and butter. You yeah. know what I mean? Now, now, I used to get down on art
0: yeah. back in the day. So, as a, okay, so did you do your logos and all that shit as a visual? Yeah. Okay. This yeah, is... yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well. uh, we have my homie, uh, Juan Holiday, who I've been trying to get on this motherfucker for the longest. What's going on, man? Hey, what's up? You're going to be performing tonight with uh, the tall black guy, Mo Better Soul, Loft Sessions. Yes. You, absolutely. you excited? You ready? You gonna... Oh, I'm
2: super excited.
0: You got a new single?
2: Yeah, I do, actually. Oh, what's it's, the name of it? It's called What I Really Want. It has no relation to this. Um, tell me what you want, what you really, really want. Oh, but please I, don't bring this. <laughs> but I heard that. This is going
0: to be on my head. You know that,
2: right? I know, but I heard that. I was in the hotel earlier, uh, and I heard that song playing through the window, and I was like, hmm.
0: <laughs> who's playing who's playing that song? It was 2019.
2: I don't know. This should be
0: a hate crime for our ears. I yeah. Know. So is it on iTunes and everything right now? Is no,
2: it's right? it, it will be uh it will be on all that May first.
0: May first. So all I'm, right. So we so is this the first time you're gonna play some of this new shit?
2: Uh at tonight? Yeah. Um no, I'm not playing it tonight. It's gonna <gasps> I, I it's gonna take me a while before I am ready to like play this song live because mm-hmm. uh it was the, the track was produced For me Mm. So I didn't play Any of the instruments On the track Um, My friend played trumpet On the track Mm. But otherwise Everything came As is And so I'm going to uh, You know I'll come up with a way to do it to to represent it. I mean, it's just guitar, it's just guitar and bass and drums. Uh, so I'll be I'll be able to do it. But I didn't I didn't write it, so it's a it's a cool process that I've never like really oh, had to oh, tackle so you, before. So
0: you so you so you're one of these uh, people to have ghostwriters now. You, <laughs> you lose <laughs> your street cred, motherfuckers. Right here for you. Can, <laughs> not,
2: no. <laughs> hey, I wrote my parts. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay,
0: well, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're gonna play some acoustic stuff tonight. I'm
2: excited. Well it's not acoustic, but it is guitar. Well tonight S- you acoustic guitar. Stuff. No, solo guitar. A solo guitar. Electric guitar. Okay. Electric
0: yeah. solo electric. I'm sorry. Sorry, Charlie Murphy. I was having too much fun.
2: <laughs> what?
0: All huh? right. Every well, once Alexa. In a while, every once in a while, my um uh, my Google shit just starts talking Google. to me. Yeah, Like it, it'll yeah. start fucking with me. Like Google. one of the podcasts. I was talking about porn.
2: I heard that podcast. <laughs> yeah, of course. I think I've heard them all.
0: I appreciate it.
2: Yeah. I'm one of two people that listen. Yeah, it's you and my mom. And she, hopefully, and my mom don't listen to this. I'm, I, I know. Swear. I was like, I hope your mom's. Not that's always my it.
0: joke. It's like, hey <laughs> mom, but she don't listen to this. I no. hope she don't listen. Lord Jesus, no, please. Now you know, you know the other listener that I always joke about is uh, Donnie Hathaway's daughter. Oh yeah, yeah. Denita Hathaway is my home girl. Yeah, that's my girl. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, matter of fact, I'll I'll text her, text her here. So like, she used to always like listen to the podcast, and I was like, oh shit, I got a listener. Which thank you for reminding me. I got a show in Atlanta next week with uh, Jay Live, and I think she moved back to Atlanta, so I need to go crash on her fucking couch. Yes, yeah. That's what we were talking about earlier. Was just like, in all of my traveling as a musician, I've never had to pay for a hotel. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. I'm like I'm like, what's the use of having five thousand Facebook friends if you're like, yo, I'm going to be in San Diego. Who got a couch? You know what I mean? I mean, like, that's the theory. You know?
2: Yeah, I I I I booked my first uh, couple tours. We just were like, well, where's our? Where do we have the most couches? <laughs> right? <All laughs> that's, right. That's it. Well, yeah. <laughs> where do we have the most place? Not just couches, but you know what I mean? Like extra rooms and stuff. Where we have the most actual like family and friend support. So and that's
0: just- where social media works. You know, as much shit as we hate about the internet and social media, those are the times where I think it's like spot on and and very needed and necessary and really good. You know what I mean? So yeah, man. Um, I guess anything else? Like, I, I'm kind of hungry.
2: Yeah, you should probably get some food. You probably been at this for a while,
0: dude. It's been it's been the it's longest lo- fucking. It's a long day, yo, <laughs> and it's not over. God, it's it's only about over.
2: it's only about halfway there. You're no. only about
0: uh, half, or maybe look, while y'all performing, I'm one going third. To sleep. third, y'all motherfuckers. <laughs> 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 Somebody <laughs> gonna record that shit? I'll watch it later. But like, okay. yo, it's been the <laughs> longest day. But but I wouldn't change this shit for the world. All right, I was asking, um, Mr. Tall Negro here, um. Why do you keep doing it? So like out yeah. of all the pitfalls and frustrations as an artist, sure. What 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 keeps you going with being a musician?
2: Um, well I think underneath everything, uh I I guess my my soul or whatever my being mm-hmm. is a fountain of creativity. Like underneath everything, I would be making some sort of recording on my voice memos. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. I would be doing something so underneath everything there's that and then there's the choice whether or not that um should be pushed more whether or not I should try to you know share that with more people and so I guess I've just decided that um especially with this new album that I have coming out like it's just time for me to put the best my best foot forward with all of it and then you know once I do that I think there. are There could be a certain point of release of just like, all right, so I did it. I put it out there as best as I could, and now I can walk away, or or not. But like, if I don't do that, then I'm just always wondering.
0: Yo, that's that's dope. It's it's very poetic because I thought you were going to say, "I keep it going for the bitches." (laughs) (laughs) I
2: mean. That was his answer earlier. I'm fucking with you. <laughs> I love it when people can say that. I love when people can say that out out loud. Though, it's like I was listening because to- it is a it ma- has been a major <sighs> impetus for a lot of people. I think.
0: Well, listen. I was listening to um, uh, this podcast and they were talking about like Dion Sanders. Where he was talking about he knew he hit rock bottom. He knew he hit rock bottom when every day he was having like threesomes with like supermodels he's <laughs> like you know what my life is just terrible <laughs> okay I mean? that's a like, nice rock like, bottom yeah I- exactly like dude your bottom like what the fuck man you like know? <laughs> he had, like, this whole poetic exchange, and he's just, like, bottom is, like, you know, being in a room with, with two supermodels, and you're not satisfied. Bottom is when you have, like, a 16,000-square-foot house, but it doesn't feel like home. Yeah. And he went through this whole yeah. poetic thing, and I'm like, dog, I mean, that's real. I understand, real. That. Yeah. I understand
2: yeah. that, too, because, like, I definitely feel like a lot of times, even, even as a person that's, you know, at a very basic position on the like overall music industry just the way the other people look at me just in my community just yeah. being like it's like okay i need to appreciate what i have and then every once in a while i realize whoa but i actually could make a couple of calls and make something happen yeah i've been working on this a long time and even though i can't even though i'm i'm like a small a small guy i can do something yeah. You know, I do have some superpowers that I've di- that I've worked on over the years, and so I should use them.
0: People look at us and, and what we're doing as far as, like, you know, I was saying earlier, like, the average person's biggest fear is public speaking. You know what I'm saying? And their second fear is, like, death. So mm-hmm. for us to be able to go on stage to perform, like... Like we're doing like magical, majestic shit. You sure, know what and saying? and it's ins-
2: and it's inspirational too. I don't necessarily want to create something that's like, oh, this is so out of touch with anyone. Exactly. But I want to be like, I want I want people to to look at me and be like, man, I should focus on my talent, man, because look, not like that guy's some famous person. He's just a guy. He's just a guy that develops talent and now he gets to play, like in in front of this audience. But you know what? The truth, actually, the real truth about behind like what actually keeps me moving in my most cynical moments, mm. is that I actually have improved as a musician and a performer. I actually have That's dope. for real. Word. You know? I can't wait to hear you tonight, because I, <laughs> I ain't seen your ass in a minute, man.
0: Like, yeah. yo. Oh, my gosh. I have my damn recorder for that shit. Uh, <laughs> well, we have the audio. We don't have the visual oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I'm glad nobody's filming me right now, because I look like a fucking mess. <laughs> so... uh
2: Clean so your yeah, house man. looks nice though. Thank Not you, man. I mean you,
0: you do well with the space. Thank you. Well, I appreciate it, man. Like when I when I opened the door, uh <laughs> he's like, hey, you smell nice. And we was just talking about my homeboy in DC. Shout out to Hank, where when I went to his office in DC at his job, he has a, this picture on the wall when he went to Obama. And yeah. I was like, What was your takeaways when you met Michelle and Barack? And he was like, They smelled so nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's
2: hey, that's what and I first yeah, thing I said when I saw you, you I was like, we you was smell well, you, smell good. Yeah. you
0: Dude, smell good, you smell good. Smell, I smell well. That's gonna be the name no, of this I episode. I said you smell
2: good, but smell well is probably more <laughs> grammatically well. correct.
0: Well, smell well basically makes me sound like a bloodhound, like like I can smell shit. No, I mean nicely. you smell good. <laughs> this it is hilarious, man. But yeah, I, but that, that's like a great
2: compliment. It's like, <laughs> like, oh, okay, well, thank you. You know, <laughs> I'd tell that to people. I, from time to time, I t- usually tell that to women. I'm just like, you smell good.
0: Yeah, you know what? You know what I want to do is like. Somebody said this other day. It's like, yo, he's like, he wants to be on a challenge to give people like, comp- like ten compliments a day, right? Like uh-huh. throughout your course of a day. Wow. You never think about it, but when somebody, when a stranger or somebody says something nice to you and they don't want nothing in return, that'll help your day. Like, like yeah. you hear some cool, cool. shit, yo. Like, cool shit. somebody say something nice like to they don't want nothing in return. You yeah. don't know how that can brighten somebody's day. You know what I'm saying? So like let's do the compliment challenge. Let's do 10 a day. Yeah. Like we go somewhere and be like yo nice shoes. Yo you smell nice. Hey, blah blah blah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. like you, that will help yeah. so much.
2: The other night, this guy was like, hey, you look tired. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, looked away. I looked back at him just like, man, all right, what's your name? All right, bye, you know?
0: It's like a weird compliment. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's like I was watching um, a show called the The, the Carmichael Show with this comedian gerard carmichael and it was like it's an episode where where he has a girlfriend her dad comes and visits for the first time and and like the dad is like giving him this one-on-one conversation about like you know i don't know if you could take care of my daughter blah 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 blah. he's like you seem like a nice guy he says but it looks like all your money is going to your shoes and he was just like thank you
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like you yeah. noticed you know
2: yeah
0: <laughs> um I guess I guess is it you. You got anything else you want to promote? Like your song is on May first,
2: man. Yeah, I just. Well, my name is Juan Holiday, so we'll, that's we'll, we'll my put name. All right. Yeah, yeah. Now look, yeah. So I, I'm. I guess I'm getting into promotion mode. I'm about to become. I try not to do this, but I'm going to give myself permission just to be full on promoter of my upcoming album. It's called Bokeh, and it'll be out May first on, uh, you know, Spotify, iTunes, title, all that.
0: Can't wait to fucking hear it, yo, Mister Tall Negro.
2: Oh, I'm sorry, uh, the, the album's right? not gonna be out the, at that moment, but the single will be out. Man, what man, I really man. want, but Bro. the album, I know, <laughs> but the album will. The album's coming, I, but I got other projects to work on that I actually have to drop before well, this album comes out.
0: I can't wait, man. Um, yeah, man. I've known you for over a decade and it's dope to have you here. And we have to do a proper, proper, proper episode of the podcast. Sure, so maybe yeah. we can get some time. We can this kinda of like practice. Yeah, yeah, talk for like an hour or so about porn stars and being broke.
2: <laughs> yeah, sure, man. I don't really have a lot to say about porn stars, but whatever. He lies. <laughs> he lies. But uh but I can think of some... I, I can come up with some stuff before, between now and then. I, I can generate some some content for that topic. Yeah, he's like... Well, uh, I don't, but I can talk about when I did. Uh, it's like,
0: oh, oh, Becky, Mikey. I mean, it's not a great
2: story. Basically, <laughs> I destroyed my grandma's computer. All right, end of story. That
0: sounds like a great... That sounds like a great story. <laughs> and on that note... The story of damaging your granny's computer with porn. We have to end on that note. Oh, gosh. This is the Negro League Podcast. Go by the name of Preach Jacobs. We're sponsored by More Better Soul Clothing. Go to morebettersoul.bigcartel.com. Enter the code NEGRO to save 10%. Shout out to the random customer that bought like $200 worth of stuff and entered that code. So that means that he specifically listened to this podcast. So we have three listeners in this motherfucker because it wasn't my mom that bought those things. So And it wasn't me. <laughs> like, so thank you all so much uh, for listening. Shout out to a Tall Black Guy um, who's performing here tonight for the Mo' Better Soul Love Sessions. Hopefully there'll be some footage and videos of that soon. If you guys want to help support and donate, dollar sign, Mo' Better Soul for the cash app. Thank you all so much for listening Uh, man, one holiday. We got some music coming out. We're going to put some links to his stuff. And um, I think that's it. We're going to get something to eat in this motherfucker, motherfucker. We appreciate it. We love you. Bong.